Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the NARSA weekly update for the week commencing Monday the 27th of December 2021. This is our last show of 2021. It's Gary here again and I hope you've all had a great week and that Santa was very good to each and every one of you. Once again, Giovanni served us up three points and a clean sheet on Boxing Day to make our Christmas celebrations all the more enjoyable, I'm sure. So now, since we last chatted, the big news of course has been that the Omicron variant has ravaged the UK, meaning that games were postponed, New Year events are cancelled and, and they brought the, win the winter break forward as a result. I have to admit, it is easy to get caught up in the conspiracy theories out, out there, you know, when you have one specific club always pushing their own agenda and seem to always kind of get what they want. Uh, to have the winter break moved forward as it, as it would materially suit them based on the, the situation with their squad for right now. But I have to admit, one of my first gut reactions was that if I were in charge of the Scottish football authorities, I'd likely have suggested bringing the break forward as it just seemed like the logical thing to do. And I get that the East End mob will have other players back and fit and, and we might have a, a couple or a few of our important players um, out due to the African Cup of Nations call-ups, but we'll also have some of our own injured players back too, the likes of Roof and Davis and maybe Hollander as well. So while it might suit them, we'll just beat them with who we have available and all of them moaning and groaning and complaining. We'll come back and haunt them and it's as simple as that. I think I mentioned before, I think it was maybe the Hearts, the recent Hearts game there that if our players line up against their players and all being well in terms of form and talent and ability, you know, we win the game. And it's, it's the same with every team in Scotland right now. So I don't, I don't care what sort of team they put out and we will match them and we'll beat them when we play them. And it's supposed to be the 2nd of February now. So we'll see how that goes. It's just the way that it is. And, and for both the Aberdeen and the, the Celtic fixtures, we'll, we'll go ahead and win them anyway. And, and then this will all be a bit of a distant memory in just a few short weeks. So speaking of games... We did indeed have just the one game this last week and that was against St Mirren on Sunday, Boxing Day and ran out 2-0 winners thanks to goals from Scott Wright, a header no less, from Scott Wright and uh, a great finish by Alfredo Morelos after his initial header was saved. We were so utterly dominant in the game from start to finish and, and could and probably should have won by more had it not been for... Some, some fantastic saves by uh, a very informed Jack Alnwick in the St Mirren goal. So as I predicted last week, St Mirren would indeed take points off of Celtic in their midweek fixture despite having to play a bunch of kids in the game due to Covid-related absences and the like. And they set out in this game on Boxing Day with what we now call the low block and just try to frustrate us and, and maybe hit us on the break. But I, I don't think Alan McGregor had a single save to make in what turned out to be a relatively easy afternoon for us overall over the course of the of the full game. And as we were kind of laughing about, um, you know, during the game, like the opposition comes to park the bus and not concede any goals. Then they go one or two behind. And instead of actually trying to change things up to salvage any sort of result from the game, they just continue to try and keep the score down and as frustrating as it is to watch at times you know when we get our goals relatively early like we did um, yesterday then it makes for a less edgy game for us as, as fans of course 
and and as I said, it really should have been more in terms of, of goals, but for some superb goalkeeping and credit where it's due. So I'm not going to complain at all. Another three points, another clean sheet, and we march on into the break in a very healthy position. In terms of the ref watch, I, I have to say that from what I can recall, other than some relatively minor inconsistencies in game, he wasn't really involved in the game too, too much, which I think is a good thing. And there also wasn't a huge amount of, of thuggery from, from St Mirren too, which is also nice as well. So, in light of COVID ravaging our game again, and our social lives, of course, I'm going to feel a bit more comfortable bringing back the points per game tally each week from this point forward. So, just in case a particular team, a particular team sorry, looks to try and sneak in another tainted title into their, their trophy cabinet. So, as it stands right now, after 20 games, we are on two point, get this, 55 points per game. That's 2.55 points per game. And that mob are on 2.25. So we are 0.3 of a point per game, better off than they are. As I say, that will be a staple from this point forward. So here we are now on a week that should have had two important games, as I mentioned earlier, away to Aberdeen and then over to the, the East End of the city a bit old man COVID took care of that for us so we're now in the winter break with no game action to look forward to for the next three weeks or so which is a little bit of a sigh moment unfortunately but one last wee thing on the games front is that now that we're just beyond the halfway point of the league and, and despite a bit of an up and down season thus far we sit comfortably six points ahead at the top of the league table on 51 points from 20 matches having lost having sorry having won 16 lost one only and drawn three games thus far won 16 lost one and drawn three the greedy side of me really wanted to play the next two games to further stretch our lead because I'm convinced that's what would have happened but it just wasn't to be and I'll just content myself with the fact that we have the six point cushion and we are just getting better and better and better under Giovanni and I can't wait to see what January brings for our team. On to RTV, not too, too much to report from, from this last week with us just having the one game, but just another reminder that if you or any of your club members need individual RTV vouchers, please do let us know prior to the Aberdeen match on the 18th of January. You have a wee bit of time, but you don't need to wait till game day. You can input and subscribe to or redeem the voucher. I guess that's the proper language to use. Uh, redeem the voucher. Um, anytime, on any device, anywhere, you know, so, so get that organised if you need to do so, based on on things being closed down and, and things like that. Shoutouts for shoutouts. Firstly, I'd like to wish a very happy heavenly birthday to my wee mammy Ellen, who would have been 76 today. Unfortunately, she passed away quite suddenly just over four years ago, so we don't get to spend her birthdays with her anymore but I'd like to think that she's up there having a couple of oddies and iron brews right now and and belting out her famous uh, paper roses rendition that she used to do so happy birthday mum and in the final week of 
the two months that I've been mentioning are New Year Bash in Calgary, which was, of course, coming up this Friday on the 31st. I'm sorry to say that we had to cancel the event due to the rising cases here in Calgary and Alberta and a very strict requirement to, to follow masking and non-mingling rules and and things like that. We had some conversations with the pub. They were more than willing to do it with us, but it was going to just be too restrictive. And, you know, for everyone's sake, we, we thought it best just to, to put the, the cancellation on that, unfortunately. And it's a real shame because we had about 50 people confirmed and, and we were really looking forward to seeing everyone and ringing in the bells. So that's the way it goes, safety first and all that. That's two New Year bashes in a row that we've lost to COVID, which is really a shame for, for everyone involved. But we'll try again next year. I'm fairly sure I said the same last year. But, yeah, as I say, safety first on that. For our convention update this week, similar to, to last week's, just a couple of quick updates. Uh, a reminder of the excursions that are still for sale. Uh, Thursday, June the 2nd, the VIP party boat, only 45 spots available. Friday, June 3rd, best day ever tour, only 200 spots available for that. For the other events, like the golf, the football, the Sunday leaving do, we're going to take a wee breather on that and take a, take a foot off the gas on that just for for this week and next week and and we'll pick those back up in early January and get ourselves going. Just a quick reminder in, in terms of the, the magazine adverts, uh, your, your, every club has been communicated with at least twice in terms of, of getting the, the magazine adverts organised for those and we have started the process of going outside uh, of, of the NARSA membership now to, to try and fill up the magazine for the event as well. So if your club hasn't got to that yet, please Please don't delay. We just want to make sure that we have everyone who wants to be represented in the magazine. And it's getting a wee bit unbelievable now that we're just over five months until the event itself. You know, five months, I guess five months in a, in a week, basically. Um, and I'm starting to get very excited about that very fact in terms of, of the timing. So what you can expect in January is the events going on sale, as, as I mentioned, and us ramping up on our guests confirmation because typically we would have a few of the guests announced by now we do have a couple of confirmations already a couple of other feelers gone out you know people in principle being um, interested in it we just need to kind of confirm that formally uh, before we make any announcements and one main person missing who confirmed that he would attend if possible was my good friend walter smith and he will be greatly missed at the event but what i can tell you is that we'll make sure his presence is felt in June as a, as a mark of respect for, for him and the family. So a wee bit more to follow on that one when we can. Then we have it all wrapped up. On the 2023 convention, we have completed the preliminary contract review and I'll just get in another couple of eyeballs on it and just to, to make sure I haven't missed anything and then we'll get it sent back to the hotel to, to get some of the things addressed or confirmed or clarified. And then we'll hopefully be in decent shape to, to look at signing that and confirming that in the January timeframe sometime, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Uh, just another regular plug for our convention, frequently asked question document, you know, go on the Rangers, on the NARSA website into the convention page and you'll see the frequently asked questions document there, our, our page, sorry. And then you can just flick through the questions. Any questions you have, I'm sure will be answered there. On the communications front for this week as you can imagine with it being such a heavy game schedule there, there really hasn't been a lot going on from from the club side to talk through this past wee while i'm hopeful that in january we'll see more activity just in general around the club you know with transfers and and uh, on the business side too to give us a wee bit more content to 
consume and report on. But the main thing for this past week for me was that I received my beautiful deluxe The Rangers Shirt Book Collector's Edition package. This, uh, when did I pick it up? That was just before Christmas. And and I have to tell you, it's absolutely amazing. It's such brilliant quality. And, and from a, a first quick scan of the actual book, the content in the book, it looks like it's going to be a great read as well. I haven't, haven't started it properly yet. Maybe I'll try and do that sometime during the festive period, festive period if I can. One wee funky thing from a logistics perspective is that I got, I had to pay another $19 to pick it up, you know, basically cash on delivery sort of thing from the Canada Post shop, which I wasn't expecting. But other than that, I'm very, very happy with the purchase. And, and then, ironically, my sister Caroline sent me a photo of my Christmas gift that I would have gotten had she not had to cancel her trip from Paisley to, to Calgary here. And what do you know? It's the Rangers shirt book. <laughs> Whoops. So now I guess I have two. I probably will never see the other one now. Caroline will re-gift that to someone else, I'm sure. But I, I am trying to think. I'm, I'm thinking of getting the the writers of the book get on for a quick interview sometime. So we'll see if we can work that out and, and get some introductions done and see if they're interested in coming on. Um, and I have been promising, just on that front, I've been promising to get Ian Carrollton from Kilts For You onto the pod for, for the last while. And, and I just I keep I keep forgetting, honestly. So I haven't managed to get to that yet, but, but we'll get Ian on first and we'll maybe see if we can get the book guys on. So... And in terms of other communication, not long before recording, Robert O'Neill from the Los Angeles True Blues Rangers Supporters Club posted an article on our NASA communication WhatsApp group from 442.com that, that ranks the top 100 football stadia in, in the UK. I think it was just related specifically to the UK. And wouldn't you know, our very own Ibrooks landed at number one. Yeah, a wee bit of... Uh, a wee bit of intensity there just before I made the announcement. But yeah, we, we topped the charts ahead of, of really good grounds like Anfield and Old Trafford and the Emirates and and uh, and more importantly, that dump over in the East End. So here's, here's a wee bit from the article. If you're looking for the best atmosphere in British football, Glasgow is the place. For its sheer vibrancy, passion and intensity on and off the pitch, nothing on these shores compares to the matchday experience at an old firm fixture. Few games in the world can equal it, arguably only Boca Juniors versus River Plate. Big European nights at Ibrox and Celtic Park are pretty special too, as various legends like Lionel Messi and Gigi Buffon have attested over the years. There's very little to choose between the two grounds. <coughs> Excuse me. And FFT, uh, 442, does its best to maintain neutrality on all Rangers versus Celtic matters, but by the sheer nature of a list like this, there has to be a number one, inevitably dooming us to a deluge of angry letters. That would be if they could write properly. Ibrox just about takes top spot, even though its capacity is smaller by around 10,000. This is in comparison to, uh, to the Celtics ground. And fans are close to the pitch on all sides of the ground with good views from pretty much anywhere. Three sides of the stadium are aesthetically smart, modern, two-tiered affairs, while the main stand provides the nod to history and not only because it's named after legendary manager Bill Struth. Designed by legendary architect Archibald Leach, the three-tiered stand is a Category B listed building with an impressive red brick facade that backs straight onto the main road and a plush interior which includes the famous marble staircase leading to the boardroom and trophy room. Just about within walking distance of the city centre, the local area is a buzz on match day. Inside the ground, it's even more raucous. 
They don't call it the Ibrox Roar for no reason. I just love that. They don't call it the Ibrox Roar for no reason. Whichever of the two Glasgow grounds you choose, visit for a big game if you can. You may not see anything like it elsewhere. Obviously, don't go to the East End. And then it finishes off by saying, did you know Ibrox holds the record attendance for any league match in Britain? 118,567 people saw Rangers face Celtic in 1939. I'll put a link to the article. It's actually quite a, a, a decent read. I, I scanned through it. Of course, just looking for where Rangers are. And uh, you can take a wee peek at that and see some of the other the other bits and pieces there. There's quite a few Scottish grounds there as well. So that's going to do it for this week, my friends. Uh, another shorter one this week, which is understandable due to the time of year that we're in and the events that, of course, have unfolded back home in terms of the restrictive nature of the football stuff. Now, as always, thank you very, very much for taking the time to listen and please do share it with whomever you think might enjoy it. And until next week, please do take care. All the very best. Have a safe and absolutely wonderful new year when it comes. 2022 is going to be a very important year for the club in terms of the 150th anniversary, the 50th anniversary of Barcelona 72, and of course, our huge convention that's coming up here shortly. So I can't wait to finally get 2022 underway. Take care, folks. Cheerio.